And we are live. Welcome everyone tuning in to the hashtag Stories of Healing podcast, episode nine. The focus of the podcast is to share a story and dive into the healing process within that challenging time in life. The story could be about pain, struggle, anxiety, depression, a heartbreak, loss of employment, trauma, or any specific challenge that brought a tough experience to overcome. Stories of Healing is here to inspire, motivate, help others lift and rise up through their past or present struggles by listening in and connecting with the special guest who tunes into sharing their story of healing and how they overcame their battle. What was their healing process? That being said, good evening. Welcome everyone. After surviving a heavy amount of childhood trauma experiences and defeating his battle with Crohn's disease, he recently reached 1.4 million views on TikTok for his latest single, Sharpshooter which recently grasped the attention of Grammy award-winning artist Lecrae and many more. What was once an open suicide letter to his mother is now helping to fulfill his life mission. Now, he strives to focus on healing nations and countries worldwide through his music and sharing his testimonies full-time, while working behind the scenes for many brands and influencers through marketing, branding, and graphic design. Incredible, amazing. Tonight's special guest... Sandre, welcome, brother. Thank How you. are you doing tonight? Thank you, bro. I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for coming on tonight. Super grateful. Um, it's just a blessing, man, to to be here in this presence uh, once again. Once and, again. Uh, <laughs> once again, we're back in action, you know, and uh, I believe it's going to be an uh, incredible time. Yeah, so I mean, for those that don't know what happened, <laughs> literally yesterday we were about to do this, and it was a crazy storm on both ends. Uh, I think it was like snowing out here in New York, and then it's snowing over there in Canada, and yeah. things just started didn't work out. Like, so we here we are with part two. Um, we about to get into it. Yeah, part two, you know, and you know what? If there anything going on, even though we were praying, but uh, you know, we'll do we'll go to part ten if we have to. This yeah, this story needs to get out. That's what I'm saying. So, so thank you, everyone, tuning in. Um, Zandre, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from. You said you were from New York. Yeah, so I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I am a part-time branding, marketing, uh, strategy, content coach. Um, and I do that part-time until I'm able to do music full-time. Mm. And I'm a recording artist, so, yeah, <laughs> that part. Amazing, man, amazing. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, like for your song to hit that many views, you know, with, and with such an inspiring like message, like that's incredible. Uh, yeah, super stoked for you um, and what uh, what the community in the world is going to bring towards with that and how you're going to help change lives through that song and, and through your music. Yeah, that, yeah, bro. Can't wait. Um, all right, man. Well, it's time to share a story of healing. And uh, let's get into it. You must be ready. <laughs> you must be ready. I'll do 10 parts of this. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, man. So what is your story which brought you a life challenge or struggle? All right. So, uh, you know, before all the accolades happened, I had to go through a lot. Um, so, you know, the story, start, the story starts off very dark really fast. But I promise you there's light at the end of the tunnel because I'm here. <laughs> so, um, all right. So... 
At age nine, I was uh, molested by my cousins, and that was the first time I was ever introduced to what the concept of love could be. Um, so fast forward now, we're talking about um, age 11. Um, I had a friend named Lamar. He's like my best friend. He was like the older brother I never had, and we lived in the same apartment building. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so just to paint the picture with you, you know, me and Lamar, we used to just like play video games, uh, you know, wrestle, watch wrestling together, all that good stuff. Um, so he ended up moving, um, and he ended up moving somewhere else. So uh, about maybe a month or two goes by, Lamar randomly comes to see me, and um, I remember just. Uh, not being, I don't remember where I was. <laughs> I wasn't home. And, um, you know, so at this time, we didn't have cell phones the way we have it now. So it was just like, you know, dial up, AOL, AIM, and all that stuff. Um, so my mom gave him the house phone number to call me whenever, um, you know, whenever he wants to come by so he could just let me know, like, you know, when he wants to meet me again, whatever. Um, so, you know, I asked my mom, like, how's Lamar? You know, how did he look? She was like, oh, he seemed okay. You know, she didn't think nothing of it. So uh, let's say another month goes by. Uh, Lamar's parents come by to see us, and they told us that Lamar killed himself. And that was the first time I was ever introduced to suicide. Um, so, yeah, it was a tough time. I had, a, like, a lot of regret. Um, I even blamed myself for his death. Um, I thought I had something to do with it. Um, so now, fast forward, age 12, my mom. Fast forward, age 12 now. I was uh, I was getting ready to go to school. It was, like, 6 in the morning. And I just remember my mom just, like, sitting on the toilet, uh, like, just bawling out, crying, like, just weeping and crying. She had a pill bottle in her hand, and I just was trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. I'm like, what's happening? What was about to happen? Um, and as I was walking and rushing to her, she was about to start taking some pills. So I remember just having to fight her to not take those pills. And, um, you know, it was a really tough time. So uh, I was still, yeah, so I had to fight her not to take the pills, and I still had to get ready to go to school that next day. Um, and so I remember just going to class, and I'm just sitting there, like, wondering, like, man, like, God, like, like when I go home, am I going to find my mom dead? And, you know, uh, you know, praise God, I did it. Um, she got through that, that emotional time, um, but she had reintroduced me to suicide. So that's the second time I was introduced to suicide. So from now age 13 to 15, um, I was battling thoughts of suicide because um, I didn't have an outlet. I didn't know how to talk about my molestation. I didn't know how to talk about, um, you know, the suicides. I didn't know how to talk about the stuff I was feeling with Lamar and all the other stuff. So, I started writing poems. That was my only outlet. And I had a friend who saw my poems one day and he said, I'm sorry to go through your stuff, but um, your poems don't sound like poems. They sound like music. They had a rhythm to it. And I remember just looking at it and I'm like, okay, you know, I, that, and then that's when my music career started. That's when I considered doing music um, because I liked the effect that it had on people when they read it. Um, so fast forward now, age 15, um, because I didn't have an outlet because I had nobody to talk to. I had a dis-ease in my body. Um, and I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So Crohn's disease is a gastrointestinal disease. Um, to put it into better terms, uh, it's like the, the stomach bacteria doesn't identify the good or the bad. So it starts to digest itself and attack itself. Um, mm -hmm. And it causes leaky gut. So it's like little holes in your intestines. And what that felt like was having sandpaper rubbed in your stomach. It felt like I was digesting meals every time I ate. It was just so painful. Like literally every single day, it was hard to breathe sometimes. Um, it was hard to stand. So... It was a very, a very, very tough time mentally and physically. Um, and I was also dealing with a verbal abuse from my mom at this time. She was like saying a lot of hurtful stuff to me. Um, so fast forward now, um, I was originally 160 pounds when I was diagnosed with disease. So we're talking about like from age 17 to 23. 
I was battling extreme weight loss. Uh, so from 160 pounds within weeks, I went down to 90 pounds. And so, yeah, I remember just not being able to stand up for more than five seconds, man. And doctors were just like, we have to put you on mandatory bed rest because you're not, you know, you're not safe to just be roaming outside on the streets and standing up and all that stuff. So they tried to put me on mandatory bed rest for two years. Um, it was a really tough time. It was really intensive two years of laying down. Um, and I just remember one night, um, not one night, one afternoon, um, just to paint the picture, we live in a one-bedroom apartment. I share a bunk bed with my sister. Um, and I was on the top bunk. My mom and dad were sitting on the couch. And I remember just laying down, staring at the ceiling, and I'm just like, you know, like, how did I get here? Like, why am I here um, in this position? And as my eyes were wide open, everything just started getting darker and darker. And I felt like death was there for me. And I remember just like reflecting and just like praying. And I'm like, God, you know, I've always heard of your miracles. I've always heard of what you've done for people. But um, I want to see you do it for me. And I was like, if you could just do it for me, if you could just heal me from this disease, I promise you, wherever I go, I'll tell my testimony. And I ended up falling asleep later that night. Um, I don't know if I was going to wake up, but thank God I did. And um, I woke up and I was telling my mom what I felt earlier. And then I told her what I was feeling now. What I was feeling at the moment felt like I had a hole in my back. I felt like I was eternally bleeding. And um, so we immediately went to the ER and everything was kind of a blur at that point. I just remember seeing the surgery room. Then I remember seeing, um, uh, yeah, I remember seeing the surgery room and somebody injecting me with something to stop the pain. And then I woke up and I saw three doctors standing in front of me and they asked me, how did you, how are you feeling? And I said, well, I feel great. This is the first time in years I have not felt no type of pain. You know, like, good. We're glad to hear that. We removed seven inches of your small intestines and that's what the disease was tracked. You know, like, um, Terrence, if you didn't come in the the night that you did, we would not be having this conversation right now. And I just remember just being in awe. And I'm like, man, God really came through. Like, regardless if I had lost seven inches of my small intestines, I still woke up to be here. I'm still here for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so uh, things started getting pretty good at that point. I started taking medication. I started getting back my weight. I was like 130. Um, but then me being a, you know, a regular human being, <laughs> I started living a sinful life. I was fornicating. I was trying uh, liquor, weed, just living a whole crazy life, man. Um, and even in times where I was supposed to speak up and share my testimony, um, I did it. I resisted. I felt like people were going to judge me uh, for, you know, just the life that I was living. So, um, yeah, so things got bad real fast. I ended up losing my health insurance. I ended up losing weight. Um, and then I ended up also getting a rash from the medication I was taking. Um, so with that, so now, you know, going back to from 130 pounds, pounds to 110 pounds it was just i was just living to live at that point i was just living to survive um i ended up going on an alkaline diet um just to try to you know fight the natural way of living um, by changing up your diet and um so yeah it was from 23 to now i would say 80 ish days ago um i was i hit my lowest about 80 days ago i hit my lowest i was like 80 pounds and I just remember, you know, asking God, like, Yo, I understand I didn't keep my promise and you kept yours, but you still have me here for a reason. I'm about 27 at this point and I'm 80 pounds. It doesn't make sense. I'm talking to doctors and they're like scared to help me out. And I'm talking to other doctors and they just wonder how, how am I having this conversation with them? Like how in the world are you 27 with 80 pounds and we're talking face to face? So I don't know, man. I just remember praying and I'm just asking God, like, please make sense of this. Like, I understand I messed up, but like, you know, I repented for my ways. I'm trying to live a role, you know, I'm trying to make sure that my walk is good. Um, so, um, yeah, so with a lot of praying, with a lot of fasting and just, um, 
trying to stay close to God throughout the whole process to just renew my mind. Um, um, so yeah, I had met one doctor and she told me, uh, you know, I'm be real with you. Um, we have a way that we can help you, but you're going to, uh, one IV for your treatment costs $10,000 and you need about seven of them. And I was just there like, yo, I don't know how in the world <laughs> I'm going to afford $70,000 just for medication. This, this mm-hmm. is not possible. Um, and so, yeah, I just remember just praying and I'm just like, well, God, I tried. You told me to reach out to the doctor. I did. And here we are. Um, so got a lot of praying and a lot of patience in the process. Um, the, the, we sent out the submissions to the health insurance. They finally approved it. And um, so I'm speaking to you today at 140 pounds. So God definitely kept his promise. I'm still here. And I'm a miracle story to all the doctors that I came across. They still don't understand how this is happening. Um, but before all those accolades, before I got 1.5 million views on TikTok um, and Lecrae responding to the video and um, all that good stuff, uh, I had to learn something. And what that was was forgiveness. I had to learn how to forgive my molesters. I had to learn how to forgive myself uh, for thinking I had anything to do with Lamar's death. I had to forgive Lamar for killing himself. I had to forgive um, my mom for a lot of the verbal abuse that I was battling while I was still sick. Uh, you know, to paint the picture, she would say things like, I wish you weren't alive. Um, I regret having you. I, you know, you stressed me out. And she didn't even call me by my name anymore. She started calling me this boy. So I felt like she stole my identity from me. Um, you know, and I had to forgive my mom for stuff like that. Um, and to also paint the picture some more, I remember, she, you know, betrayal. Like the, I had a girlfriend at the time. and She left me when she found out that I was sick. I had friends that left me the time that I was sick. And so dealing with all that with my mom and then, um, you know, even abandonment. So uh, there was one time um, they left the house, I guess, because being around me, you know, being around somebody sick is really tough to deal with. Um, So it was making her kind of depressed. So I remember there's like everybody leaving the house and I was all alone. I had to literally crawl to the kitchen to get something to eat. You know, um, I had to forgive my mom for that and forgive my family for that. And then I also came across in that same day, I also came across um, an envelope with, uh, life insurance with my name on it and i just felt they just defeated me at that point i was just like wow like they literally gave up on me didn't have the conversation so with all that i had to forgive and that's the only way that um once i started renewing my mind and forgiving those people for all those things and understanding that all that was happening for me and not to me that's when i got the healing so yeah that's my testimony it's very heavy brother thank you for sharing that yeah um, I just want to say you are, uh, your story is a miracle and it's an absolute blessing that you're here today. And, um, you know, I, a one, I, like, I'm so proud of you that you, you, you got through, um, and, and, and fight through and, and you found your spiritual, you know, your spiritual connection, um, you know, which helped you re- revitalize and strengthen your, your immune system and your body and bounce back. And, um, you know, it's it's incredible what the things we can go through in our life, uh, especially in our upbringing. And there's a lot of evil in this world. And sometimes people let that evil in and, 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 and latch it on to other people. And it could be our own family, our own blood. Yeah. And um, I just want to say, like, you know, today you're not alone. You know, you have, you know, God, you have people close to you who support yeah. you. I support you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just want to say, like take a step back um, in the, in the time when you were going through uh, that transition, when you started like, um, you know, going in out of the hospital and they were working on um, different types of um, you said, you mentioned injections, right? Yeah. Uh, so, the, uh, so, you know, 
when you go to the ER, they don't really know what's going on, right? So they have to do a lot yeah. of blood right away. They have to, yeah. So it was a lot. It was a process. So everything just happened so fast, but it wasn't fast. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The reason why I brought it up is I was just curious. Um, is there anything else um, that you tr- that you did that to, to try to keep yourself healthy uh, during that transition and, and that healing time? Um, you know, you you said you were working on on poetry and and, and writing in in some music and um, were there other channels and tools that you used to release some of this pain during this time that you were going through? Um, yeah, so I figured, uh, I figured if I wasn't like, to me in my head, I was like, if I'm not going to make it, at least I want to make sure I leave an, an impact on somebody's life or, or on the world. So, uh, I served other people. That's the, I, I, that's the only thing I served other people. So I, um, during the time I was sick, I also worked graphic designs for, you know, a hip hop recording artist who's popular now. His name is Toby Nuigwe. Um, I did a lot of graphic designs for him during this time I was sick, um, I don't really want to say this because I'm not saying it for attention or anything, but um, mm-hmm. while, while I was with the church, they used to go to the, uh, so one of the church members had a, um, a family member in the hospital. So we would take that time to travel across the hallways in the church, I mean, in the church, in the hospital and ask people that are sick in bed if we want to pray for them. So even while being sick, I was still speaking in faith and going up to these sick people who are like worse than me. Um, and I'll just pray, tell them like my testimony, the same way I'm telling you, I'm like, God healed me from Crohn's disease, but at this time I still had the disease. So I was speaking mm-hmm. it like, you know, into, into the, I was manifesting it basically. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so I just found healing in that, like just by doing stuff like that, you know, by serving others, it definitely helped my spirit a lot. I find it amazing how as human beings, you know, connecting and connection and, um, even just uh, supporting each other in our gifts and, and sharing gifts and sharing talents sometimes creates healing, yeah. um, you know, and, and you giving back to the community, you giving back to others and, and their and their opportunities like created uh, fire for you, it created inspiration and motivation that you started like like working towards, you know, and um, I think that's amazing. It's it's so cool, man. Um. You mentioned that you um, had uh, some temptations, uh, you know, during um, some time you had some people uh, and some negative surroundings um, in your environment. Um, you know, as you got older, you know, getting into your late uh, late teens, early 20s, um, you said you were battling with some stuff in, in your environment. Um, what did uh, how did you avoid or embrace those surroundings in a positive way? That's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I kind of honestly had no choice but to be to myself because uh, I didn't have any energy to do anything. I was like, I easily, I easily got tired. Like if I go up the stairs, <laughs> I wasn't even fat. You know, I was like literally skull and bones at this point. But wow. I was still out of breath. So um, literally, like you know, it was a twelve-year battle. But um, it was like twelve years of a lot of resting. Like literally, most of my time was spent laying down you know, just watching TV or Netflix or reading my Bible mm-hmm. or, you know, just trying to stay out of like the, the headspace that you're sick, you know, so I had to distract mm-hmm. myself. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I find that, you know, sometimes uh, reflecting and in, in being our own self space, um, you know, and, and doing those type of things, those tools that you were working on really helps balance. It creates balance. Because mm-hmm. if we let ourselves fall short, if we let ourselves fall into the world and get caught up with some of those things that could really take us down that much further, it's a, uh, you know, 10 times harder to get out of that rabbit hole. 
And, um, you know, I find it uh, that you have a lot of resilience and I can tell um, just by the, listening to your voice and the passion, the fire you have that, um, you you know, you inside you didn't want to give up. You wanted to trust in God and you wanted to keep moving forward. You can see it in you that you were like, I just wanted to keep going. You know, I don't want to give up. I'm just going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep trusting. And uh, it's almost like you knew. You knew that the, you were going to be okay, you know, at some point, you know. and Yeah, yeah I definitely knew I was going to be okay because uh, I, I just I just couldn't, for the life of me, I could not, like, believe the doctors to tell me that I would have this forever because, like, I wasn't designed like this. You know what I'm saying? God didn't. It's not like I was born with Crohn's. Like, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to change my mind and just start understanding, like, okay, like, what happened? Like, what's the, what was the breaking point? Like how, what happened before that led to this? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. reflecting, I was okay. I've been through a lot, um, and I had nobody to talk to. I had no way to renew my spirit from it. Before we have any healing in the form of the body, we have to renew our minds. It starts in our spirit. Um, and I feel mm-hmm. like our spirit has two. I feel like we have two different brains. Like we have a brain in the spirit, and we have a brain in the flesh. And the brain in the flesh can't be healed until you start to act the brain in the spirit. Until you heal the brain in the spirit. So. Yeah, I had so my, maybe my spirit was diseased. Like maybe I had a disease in my spirit, and that's why I translated to my flesh because I had a lot of unforgiveness. And people need to really understand, like when you're not when you're holding unforgiveness, you really are holding chains within your body. Like our mind is like a garden. You plant those things inside of you, it's gonna grow, and it will cripple mm-hmm. you. So until I started working on my garden, right, and I started changing that up with the Word of God, um, worshiping, you know, seeing worship music, and um, just staying away from things that are toxic like social media you know it's hard it was it was really really hard um but it's also mm-hmm. about you can still social media and have a healthy social media like you just have to pay attention to what you're subscribed to but mm-hmm. um yeah i had to renew my mind a lot um for that to activate my spirit because once i believed it in my spirit like i can get through this that's when it actually started to happen mm. i love that perspective man that's super powerful um, you know, once you let go and actually forgive, because if you're not, if you have that unforgiveness inside you, it does build chains. It builds like that heavy wall, um, you know, almost like that venom, that poison. Um, yeah. And that will eat away your flesh, man. That will eat away your spirit. Um, right. And I love the way that you put that into perspective is that once you forgive of all the things that you have went through um, and came across in your life, you already, you have already healed, started the healing process with inside of yourself. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's an incredible perspective. And I think in this world too, like it's, it's uh, as human beings, we go through a lot of challenges. We go through a lot of battles in our life and sometimes it's hard to forgive. You know, sometimes you go through something in life and you know, it's that stubbornness, it's that ego, it's that, that pride that takes over and, and, you know, we don't want to forgive, but it's that moment that you do forgive and you think, you know what, if I let that go and just put love into the air and yeah, it's, it, yeah, I'm not happy with, with, with what happened and it's damaged me, but those scars and those wounds I find will heal faster because the forgiveness has poured on. Right. Yeah. You always want to be a visitor of your thoughts, but you never want to be a resident, you know what I'm saying? In those times, cause like if I, like mm-hmm. I've thoughts, like, you know, I was sick and I was feeling the pain, but I didn't stay in it because if I stayed and focused on that, then it was going to become me. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, where your focus mm. the energy flows. So you really have to like really shift your focus. Like really that this, that, like life is literally, that's the whole journey of life, bro. Like literally it's a battle of the mind. Once you're able mm-hmm. to 
once you're able to lock in on focus, like, okay, I, I'm changing my mind daily and figuring out like how I'm going to create a ritual or whatever people want to call it. Um, but I, I, I believe in the Bible and <laughs> that works for me and I hope it works for you. Try it. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like you renew your mind daily and have those words, like see what God truly says about you and not what the world says about you. Um, when doctors would tell me, oh, you're never going to defeat this disease. This is something you have forever. So let's think about 60 years from now. Like you're not going to, this medication is not going to work. I'm not hearing none of that. Like this, the Bible does not say that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Why let men control your future of health, you know? Right. Like how are you going to tell, tell you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find that very interesting. Yeah. And you see it a lot today, what's going on in our world. We don't need to get into that, but uh, it's right in our face every single day. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest thing to let go of, to push yourself forward? You know, after the forgiveness, you mentioned about forgiving. I'm sure that was really difficult to do um, in a lot of ways. But was there anything else um, that was on that same par um, that you really needed to let go to push yourself forward and start that really the healing journey and that self uh, I guess you could say um, that self uh, uh, foundation, that, that self rejuvenation uh, to push forward. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I the hardest thing was just forgiving my mom. To be honest, that was because you know, like she was in my home for nine months <laughs> at some point, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was tough. We, you know, with your parents, you have a really deep connection that nobody else can have within the world. So um, I felt like I had to go through a real, real deep process. Like there's a spiritual process and there's a flesh process, but I can't understand what this type of process is. Uh, but that is what I had to uh, try to get help from. And the only person that can understand that and help me get through it was God. So uh, it was really hard. Like I, I think the only thing that I came across was a quote that says, um, not forgiving somebody is like drinking poison and expecting them to die. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, I see it now. Like it makes no sense to hold my anger. It makes no sense to for, to hold unforgiveness because I'm hurting myself. I'm not hurting them in the long run. So I didn't need permission. You know what I'm saying? I didn't need permission to become who I needed to be. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, if that answers your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel you. Um, how did you overcome all those battles and tribulations and trials and things that you went through, all, all those attacks. Um, if you could look back in the past 28 years, you know, um, what was the main focus, the main healing outlet that do you think um, really, really boosted you and, and supported you when it came to overcoming all those things? Um, I guess writing music. I mean, a lot of different things started happening while I was still sick. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a, a lot of layers to the story. So, um, while I was sick, I had a song called Nine to Nine. Um, that was like my first ever Christian hip hop song. Um, and God literally gave it to me. Um, I didn't know why it was called Nine to Nine. Um, God just told me to just call it Nine to Nine. So I just, all right, Nine to Nine, whatever. <laughs> and um, so God made provision for the song as it was happening. So I submitted the song to Rapsville, which is the number one uh, Christian hip hop blog right now in the world. Um, and it won highest pick of the week um like the first time I recorded it, I submitted it to them and they won that week. I won um so right now today the highest amount of views that it has is about almost three hundred thousand. Um mm-hmm. and yeah so God literally sent these two guys uh, called Shots of Glory Visuals if they're watching this um from Omaha, Nebraska and they flew in um all the way to New York just to record a music video for free. I didn't pay mm-hmm. them 
and they told me the only reason why they came and did it was because God told them to. Um, wow. So it's like little things like that that happen on the journey that just remind me that God is still with me. Um, right. So seeing my music still have an impact while I'm sick and still seeing that God is sending people out of like, God knows where, like I'm in Brooklyn, in Omaha, Nebraska, like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. The fact that I they, fi- I f- what was he going to say? I find it amazing that God can do that. He can, he can bring people together in such remarkable ways. And, um, you know, you know, those two guys that came over, like they must've been super inspired and motivated to come all the way that way, man, you know, and that's, that's, that's that's so cool, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I can come this way if they want. (laughs) Yeah. I'll connect you. I'll just bug it. I'll just bug it. It's all good. No, you can't anymore. Unfortunately. (laughs) We got the, we got to do it all virtual now, but, um, it's all good, man. It's all good. You know, um, I love your story, man. It's it's inspiring. And, uh, you know, you have so many different angles of resilience that happen, right? You've got these different battles that have happened from the, the moment you're, you know, you step, stepped on this earth, you know. And um, yeah. to see you today and see you healthy and see you working on your music and, and these opportunities that are ahead of you, um, I just, like, uh, I feel really um, motivated. And I feel like, you know, I, I want to be your supporter, man, and, and, and believe in you. And I think you're going to go far and do great things and help uh, the people in your circle and, you know, make a big impact in this world. And um, adding into that, if you can reflect back on everything, all those battles, um, would you do anything differently to overcome it? No, um, I've I've been asked that several times, and I've even mm-hmm. thought about it. Um, I I wouldn't um, honestly like I I honestly would like if I had to do life all over again, and you know just like how Jesus did the nine nine for the one, I would literally mm-hmm. go through the whole Crohn's disease, everything again, the uh, molestation, mm-hmm. the suicide, all that again, just for that one percent of the stories that back. So, uh, yeah. Wow, man. So thank you, thank you for sharing this story. Um, it's very powerful. It's very heavy, but you know, I think that there's a lot of healing and a lot of love and, and, and inspiration and motivation and drive and yeah. spiritual uh, connection. And I think people listening in and tuning in, you know, especially our young youth out there who are struggling through, you know, maybe family stuff that's going on right now in the home. And, you know, cause at the end of the day, this stuff is always going to go around, you know, the world is in a way it's, it's amazing, but there are bad things that happen. And, um, I, th- I believe your story um, and your message uh, can really impact and, and create uh, a resilience for youth and an insight. So if they're ever going through something, you know, they know they, they know that someone's went through this and how they can overcome it. What, what, what routes they can take, you know, what things can they do? You know, finding different positive channels to release, you know, finding their spirituality and their faith, yeah. you know, being grounded. Um, what is Zandre doing today? What are you doing today right now for your, uh, for your, for your community, you know, with the, with work going on with the business and your opportunities, what, uh, what's your, what's your goal and your mission these days? And, uh, you know, what are you up to these days? Yeah, man. Um, uh, so only thing difference is just, I'm healed now. Uh, so I still do serving, you know, I still serve, uh, in areas that God called me to, um, right now I'm serving under, uh, I don't know if Jamie's watching, so shout out to Jamie Jordan. If you're watching in the whole bricklayers community, um, she's uh, one of the coaches under Eric Thomas's um, Extreme Execution program. Um, but yeah, 
I serve there. Um, I'm helping her uh, with, you know, just trying to reach other entrepreneurs who are striving to get to their goals, um, helping other people who are just, you know, leaving their jobs and trying to figure out how they can just survive on their own and provide for their families independently. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it's at. We have to have ownership, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I serve her there. And we're just like making an impact, changing lives every day, um, every Friday night to 8 p.m. <laughs> nice. Sure. But yeah, uh, you know, so yeah. Yo, that's why I got that link that one time. <laughs> I love it. You were yeah. like, you're like, just send it last minute. I, uh, I'm definitely down to be part of, um, you know, whatever you you send forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I support you, you know, and I support your passion and, and, you know, um, the fact that you have a mission and a drive to help others through your story is, um, something I stand strongly beside and I always will. Yeah. Um, so I have one, uh, I guess I got like uh, another question here. Um, if, um, some youth listening in, uh, you know, into this live stream or in the near future with the recap video, um, what are some words, uh, from your heart that, uh, Andre here can, uh, can share, you know, maybe some, some words of wisdom or some, some inspiration, um, that maybe someone that's out there right now that's struggling through something that could be very similar to what you went through. Um, um, what would, what would you tell them if they were listening in? Um, so I would tell them, you know, I understand what you're going through. I know it's hard right now. Um, and I know, and I know for certain it will be okay. Um, even when it doesn't feel like, okay, it's going to be okay. Um, one Bible verse I can give them that, you know, I can't remember exact, the exact verse, but I know what it says at least. And it's just that it's, uh, Joy, uh, weeping may come through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Um, I had to literally tell myself that every single night when I was feeling pain, when I was sleeping on my bed, um, and I just had to learn how to sleep on my bones. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been there. I understand how hard it is. Um, and if it helps, just know that there's someone out there who, who's going through a lot worse than you think you, you're going through right now. Um, you know, and so with all that being said, I am the light at the tunnel, at the, at the end of the tunnel. Um, so in your darkness right now, Look at my career. Look at what God is doing in real time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm literally sharing the evidence all over my page. You can see all of that. I have the, the timestamps, all that. I'm trying to be creative and just show it to you. Um, mm-hmm. That was real. And there's hope out there. So um, if you follow me, I'm not the perfect person, but most perfect person. But um, I try my best to, you know, just be a light at the end of the tunnel. So whatever you're going through, I am the evidence of it. I'm the proof that you can get through it. So, yeah. So I'll tell you. Thank you, Zandre, for sharing that. Um you know, I, you're an incredible person, man. And um, if, if anyone wants to reach out to Zandre, check out his messages, check out his music. You can check him out, Zandre underscore music. This is his Instagram channel. Um, he also has an incredible website. Um, the link is in his bio. You can check that out. Uh, this guy does uh, many different amazing work, many different things through music, graphic design. And uh, if you just want to talk, if you're just a young artist out there, and you're struggling right now and, and you're trying to get your message out, or maybe you want to get your message out and you don't know how well Zandre is the guy you want to talk to. Uh, very open-minded, very caring and, and compassionate man. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you, Zandre for sharing your story tonight. Thank you. Um, you're an absolute blessing and a miracle. And uh, you know, I'm very grateful to have you come on this platform, uh, you know, part two <laughs> and share, oh, yeah. share your story. And you know what? I think, uh, I think we had definitely a better uh, part two uh, connection um, this time around. There was a little bit of, uh, you know, glitches here and there, but that's, that's okay. You know, the, the audio is fine, man. Like 
I think it's it, it was it, it all worked out. It's all clear to me. I think what people listening in, they will very very feel the clearness and the clarity, and you know the 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 resilience that you went through. Yeah. Um. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Zandre, for taking your time tonight. Absolutely. Um, second time around, man. You're 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 a solid dude. You're a solid brother, man. And I can't wait for uh, for more music to come out and oh, yeah, potentially potential collaborations with you yes, and, no. um, and and keep things moving, man. So keep making moves, my friend, and keep Absolutely. on staying blessed and strong. Absolutely. For sure. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night, Zandre. Peace out.